In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How shall this be, since I have no husband? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your kinswoman Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good news. Did you hear the prophet Isaiah bringing his message of good news? His news was especially good because it came to a people who was experiencing exile as a form of judgment for their disobedience to God. The people of Judah and Israel had gone into exile. Uh, Israel in 722, Judah in 587. Judah um, itself, Jerusalem, was besieged by the Babylonian army. And the people of that city resorted to all kinds of atrocities in order to fight back and to escape being conquered. And they failed. The whole book of Lamentations is about the destruction of Jerusalem and the sorrow that the people felt in their heart over that event. They were taken away out of their homeland and brought to Babylon. And they understood this event to happen. The prophets interpreted it as being because of their disobedience of the Mosaic law. So when Isaiah prophesies this message, comfort, comfort my people, says your God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem. When he speaks this message, he is bringing to them good news that God has forgiven them, that the atrocities that they committed have been forgotten by God, that they are welcome into God's presence. You see it in not just the content of the message that Isaiah gives, but also in the way that he gives it. 
So the content of the message is that God is coming, and that God is coming with might and also with tenderness and mercy. We see it at the very end of that passage. Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. God is coming, he's saying. And truly, God has come. We know this. We know this as we enter into Advent today. Today is the first day of Advent, the first Sunday in which we expect and we live out that longing, that waiting for the coming of God. And we're waiting again for that first coming of God to us in Jesus Christ when he um, emptied himself of all that he had, of the glory that he had before all creation. The eternal word became like us, became like one of us, was born of a girl, a young, innocent, wide-eyed girl. He was both man, he is both man and both God. And he came for us. He came to draw us back into relationship with the Father. He came to um, draw the people of Israel back into relationship with God. He came to die on a cross so that our sin might be forgiven. Hallelujah. That is the content of his first coming. And his second coming is something that we still wait for. Even as we celebrate his first coming, we know that he is coming again. And when he comes again, all the world will see that he is king and Lord over all. So he comes, and he comes with might. This second coming will be a coming with might. And at that coming, we will be judged. We will be judged based on what we've said about Jesus. If we've said, my actions are good enough for me to stand before a holy God, they're not enough, are they? So we will experience wrath. And yet, if we claim Jesus' own righteousness as our own, if we say, woe is me, I am a woman of unclean lips, just like our prophet in Isaiah 6 says, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. As we say that, and as we look to Jesus Christ himself, his righteousness covers us. God looks to us and sees the perfection of his own son. That is the message. God is coming with might, and yet God is also coming with tenderness. Jesus is tender towards us. God is tender towards us. God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us because he loves us. Because he wants us to live with him eternally. And so that's the message. God is coming. Jesus came once, died for us, and he's coming back. And all those who say yes to him will join him eternally. 
And his coming is in tenderness and delight for his people. And we see this not just in the message itself, in the content of the message, but also in the way that the message is spoken. Speak tenderly, says God. Speak tenderly to my people. Comfort them that I'm providing a Savior for them. Tell them that their iniquity is pardoned, that their hardship is over. Tell them that judgment is no more in my Son, Jesus Christ. There's a tenderness in the way Isaiah says, and God says through Isaiah, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. God calls the people of Israel his people, and God calls us his people. That possessive pronoun is important there. I once knew someone who um, talked to me a lot about our daughter, and I knew that he and his wife had a daughter who was um, not necessarily living her life the way they would have liked. And so I was often hearing about the troubles, the things going on with our daughter that we wish something was different in her life. We wish she would fill in the blank. But I noticed that when this same person talked about their son, he used the possessive pronoun. My son. My son. And I wondered about the difference in relationship. God says to us, my people, I am your God, my people. You are my sons and you are my daughters because of Jesus Christ. And so, as we prepare for his second coming with expectation, as we prepare to celebrate once again his first coming, as we get ready for Christmas, we hear the words that the angel Gabriel says to Mary in the other passage that we read. Did you hear? Mary is like one of us. Yes, she's innocent, she's wide eyed, but she's human. She's imperfect. She's sinful, just like one of us. And yet her response to the angel Gabriel is one of great faithfulness. She could be described as the first disciple, couldn't she? She says yes to God in all of the difficult circumstances that would then come her way as a result of saying yes. She says yes in faith. And the angel says to her these words that are a kind of tender speaking, just like Isaiah's words. Those words were, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And we also, that's a kind of tender speaking to Mary, that she found herself in the presence of a holy God, of the messenger of a holy God. You see this all throughout scripture. Whenever there's an angel in the room, everybody seems to hit the deck. And the first words out of the angel's mouth are, do not be afraid. I think it's because like Isaiah in that throne room of God, we mortals are in awe of the holiness of God. And we can only say, woe is me, for I am a woman of unclean lips. 
Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. But at that point of repentance and turning, of acknowledging our sinfulness, those words of the angel apply to us. Do not be afraid, Deborah, for God has found favor with you. What a miracle. A miracle that has happened because of Jesus Christ. God says to each one of you, as you approach him this Christmas, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to be like one of us, to live and die, to suffer even on our behalf. Thank you for loving us that much. We love you back. We say yes. We say, yes, let your righteousness be for me. We thank you and we praise you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.